And I just think that the Flash's suit, it's like there are too many armor pieces. And it just looks like a Power Ranger suit. And I don't, look, I'm not saying that it can't be a Power Ranger suit. It's just a different company. It's a different, they're not even trying to make it different. Just, yeah, man. Heck of a weekend, huh, Forrest? And it's like over yeah, over I can't again. believe it's already time to record another one of these. But, uh, I know, you know, right? I think we got a pretty good episode oh, prepared for today. They yeah, can't kind of won't really believe it. Back to the salt mines here. Hey, is Brent still in the studio? Uh, let's see. I never left. Brent? Brent? Yeah. It's me. It's Brent. What what are you doing here? Sleep here? I just had so many thoughts about the Flash's costume in the DCEU. (laughs) Wait, what? (laughs) It looks like it's being held together by chicken wire in some places. And you would think he's like a, he's like a forensic scientist guy. How does he get all these armor plates? You kind of what? understand. Uh, no, what are you talking about? Look, back up, back up. What are you? So, so what? What's going on here? What happened last time? What did I miss? Ooh, welcome to Pop Culture Cake. That's what we're doing, right? That's what yeah, we're, that's what we're doing. That's what we're oh, doing. Okay, okay, good. Yeah, I haven't left the studio, and we're here joined today by Steve. Oh, hi, I'm Steve. Forrest. Hi, I'm Forrest. Adam, who just walked in. Yeah, what the hell's going on here? Brent, why do you look like you slept here? And Dane. I've we've beaten this dead horse at this point. Oh, you don't want to play, Dane? Do you I mean is the dead you horse? Don't want to play with D- us? Is the dead horse the DCEU? Because uh, I'm ready to t- I, I have summoned you here today to talk about that, oh, hold on! I'm getting Steve's handing me some notes right now. Uh, what do you mean you? Sub- yeah, yeah, we we had a whole other episode, buddy. Oh, the notes. The notes say that we're talking about things that make us happy. Yeah, yeah. Brent, this is this is an intervention. <laughs> what we do this because we love you. What? What? We we love you, Brent, and we just WW84 was a rough one. It sounds like, and and we just. We want to try to make you happy. We want to see you smile again. And so we all pitched in and I've got I've got some notes here and we all put to, we all made a little presentation for you on how to be happy. Okay. So well, who, who yeah, more to... like things that help us feel a little less down. That's all I've got for you because I, you know, I'm not the biggest ray of sunshine. Sorry, dude. Uh, so do you want to go first, Adam? Oh, I mean, I'm happy to. What I'm presenting today, at least I thought I was before I heard something about The Flash, was there's a delightful series called Shit's Creek. It's a, a several series, a season long series focusing on a fish out of water story of these rich p- yahoos who invested in the wrong horse. And now their entire fortune is gone and they're coming to their personally owned misnamed town, Shit's Creek spelled like the name S-C-H-I-T-T. And while it's just a typical fish-out-of-water story at the beginning, I love this show for no other reason than the family goes through these immensely amazing arcs where you have genuine moments of personal growth and love, and they actually experience emotion, albeit extreme. The best character in the series is Definitely David, who is the son of a the wealthy mother and father, who takes you on a very complex journey to find his place, and he finds love. 
I highly recommend it if you just need to feel a little bit of warmth and happiness while also being faced with extreme examples of just like, oh, they really don't know how much milk costs or how a restaurant works or such things as that. What else does anybody have? Uh, so they're rich. They were. I uh, so we're, what is the humor? Is the humor like the Schadenfreude of watching these? They're incompetent. That's or? the that's the initial Schadenfreude of it. But like, the the entertainment comes from that at first. But it slowly develops as this family actually adjusts to living in what is can, basically just a rural American town. And they actually grow and make friends and not fully integrate because they're still haughty and trying to break back into wealthy society. But they actually like become pretty normal Americans. And it's nice to see the shift positive rather than just like, we need to get out of here. Okay. Yeah. Dane? As someone who watches Shit's Creek, I, have, I mean, you have to have a high tolerance to some cringy stuff in the beginning. The mayor of Schitt's Creek, <laughs> Roland, is uh, constantly putting everyone in a situation where it's like, oh, oh, no, oh, no. But anyways, my recommendation was going to be more Asakana, but Adam pointed out, I talked about that in the last episode, so I won't do that again. But I did just watch a delightful little movie today called Enola Holmes on Netflix. And it's got, I don't want to get her name wrong, it's got Millie Bobby Brown from Stranger Things and Henry Cavill, who plays Sherlock Holmes. And so Enola Holmes is Sherlock Holmes' younger sister, and it's about how their mother goes missing, and Enola goes to find her mother. And a lot of strong feminism themes, which I think everyone here in this podcast, you know, all liberals, we like that stuff. And yeah, just kind of a cute... A sort of movie, 123 minutes long, so not too long. And uh, yeah, would you describe it as a coming of age story? Yeah, I'd say so. I mean, having Sherlock is just kind of starting off uh, timeline wise, so he's not totally famous yet, but everyone knows who he is. And uh, mm. well, so what, what I mean to say is not he's 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 making a name for himself. Okay, he's in the early stages of fame. So so maybe we've heard of him. Okay. Right. So it's like an adventure story where she goes off on a mission to find her mom. Yes. You said that that was on Netflix, right? Yes. It came out a little while ago. That'd been on my list. But I was just kind of in the mood to watch stuff today, so that's what I did. Nice. Where was where did you where where can we find Shits Creek? I'm so sorry. Oh no, that is also on Netflix. Yeah, I didn't mention that. My apologies. It's not a Netflix original, but it can be viewed there. It also won a bunch of awards. Yay. Yeah, because it's really good. Steve, why don't you go next? Awesome. <clears throat> so I uh, was sort of surprised by this one, which my wife, mother of my child, brought to my attention, which is a comedy panel show called Taskmaster. And so it is available, I believe, in its entirety on YouTube. So you can watch it anywhere YouTube is available. But the premise is, is sort of this a series of sort of deceptively simple tasks are given to British comedians. It's a, it's a, it's like a UK show. Right. And for example, there is a really simple one would be like, this is an egg, eat the egg as quickly as possible. And so the joy of the show is just that these comedians, a understand that they are on a television show and do it 
you know, sometimes do it in a funny way. And B, it's a delightful amount of sort of lateral thinking that comes from it. So for for example, to spoil that one task, for the eat the egg as fast as you can, there are it's a panel of five comedians, five contestants, right, for the season. Four of them go, ugh, I don't want to eat a raw egg. That's gross. And they go and cook it in the house, like in the set, right? The set is like this house, a working house. And so they go and they cook it and they eat it and that they're trying to do it as fast as possible and they burn their mouth, whatever. And then it cuts to the final guy who just shoves it in his mouth as quickly as possible. And it's like, yeah, I won. Ugh. Yeah, right. But it's it's funny because the first four, you know, play up the idea. They're like, there's no way no one, you know, it's like, oh, no one's going to eat. There's this no way. Raw, there's no way right? one of us is going to just. Yeah, exactly. It. So I just need Put to it scramble. in a glass and chug it down. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I, I need to scramble this egg as quickly as possible. And so it I enjoy it on sort of multiple levels i enjoy it because it, they're british comedians and i love british comedians and they're often like there's uh, mel gidroich is on it noel fielding from well also from the great british baking show and the it crowd it's spectacular i think the comedy is great and then i enjoy the lateral thinking every so often there is you know a solution to a one of these constructed problems that's just particularly you know, out of the box and hilarious, right? Because they are, there's like, you know, the rules are often bent or reinterpreted in comedic ways. It's really good. I suggest you watch it. It it will definitely be worth the 54 minutes per episode of your life you devote to it. And it always seems to cheer me up. How do they expand a simple task to 54 minutes? That's oh, the well, point. so there's, there's about, there's usually about five tasks per episode. And so Greg oh, Davies, oh. who I learned from this show is like seven feet tall is the titular taskmaster and so he sort of assigns points based on those and then starting with series two and beyond there's all there's like a live task at the end of each episode right they're like filmed and then the panel is there to like discuss them and and make fun of each other and then they do like a live task at the end and then at the end of the whole series or at the end of the whole season as we would call it series as they call it someone is crowned the winner of that season and they get like a, a really disgusting like golden bust of greg davies <laughs> uh well i mean it certainly sounds delightful it's just is like i wouldn't have thought you could make simple tasks last that long but then you explained it's actually multiple ones in a single mm-hmm. episode and the tasks are not always like eat an egg right like sometimes that's no, no, a that, hilarious yeah, effect that, but sometimes that's like make a 30 second music video well, or something like that, that where there's fun. like enough yeah oh it's it's great fun yeah, Forrest, what do you think about this? Is this a show you've seen Yeah, before? we've watched a whole lot of Taskmaster because it's just an easy <laughs> okay. thing to just put on the TV. A couple things that you haven't mentioned that I think are important, but I'm glad you didn't mention them because they're, they'll like put you off. There's like a weird relationship between Greg Davies, who is the Taskmaster, <laughs> and Bobby Horn, who is the person who is actually administering the tasks. Greg, I would say that Greg Davies is sort of the top and Bobby Horn is the bottom of the relationship. I'm not sure exactly oh, how else like, to put uh, it. You mean like sub Dom? Yeah. yeah. Uh, he's always like yelling at him and it's part of the joke. It gets a little bit unnerving at points, but it you know, they're playing boundaries. it for laughs. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, that's, hmm, that adds <laughs> so a layer that's a delightful to it. Little extra layer. Yeah. Yeah. Like, hmm, well, yeah. Also, I do want to say that, that the British comedian is Alex Horn, but he is often referred to by Greg Davies at the beginning of the episodes as Little Bobby Horn. Oh, yeah, that's true. <laughs> just just uh, spectacular. On purpose? Like, why? Yeah, no, on this, purpose. Yeah, it's this little Alex Horn. Again, like, it's it's like this 
because I don't want to say it's just like a top bottom dynamic. It's it it's almost like a there's almost like age play with it sometimes, or just like a really weird dom sub relationship in a way that oh, I think only really British comedy could get away with because somehow that seems okay. Like if it were an American show, I would be riled up. I would be like, oh, that's <laughs> oh, that's such an insensitive portrayal of alternate you know of alternate lifestyles but somehow if they all have accents i'm like ha 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 well i feel like that's true of a lot of british comedy i was just gonna say one of the another chucklish task that popped into my head was they have a recurring character that is just like a a a gentleman from sweden like he's just a swedish person but the the (laughs) tests or the tasks surrounding him are spectacular there's like make this swedish person blush and however like the the they like hold up like the film still to judge who made him the reddest which is great or like <laughs> that, that is funny yeah exactly get the following uh, get the following information from the swede who will only speak to you in swedish <laughs> oh no but i mean that sounds ridiculous that sounds like what why not just add a layer of strange to it but i was just i asked forrest about taskmaster but we then we didn't ask forrest what he was presenting today I mean, fuck it. I'm, now I'm presenting Taskmaster, but no, no, no. Oh, you're just on Taskmaster <laughs> now. <laughs> yeah, no. So I thought about it. I had a couple ideas, but then after kind of hearing where this direction of the show is going, I'm going to do a little bit of like a K-turn. And instead of talking about a serious show, which I may present in the future, I'm going to talk about Moving Target, a straight-to-video 2000, made in the year 2000 movie starring Don the Dragon Wilson who is apparently like some famous kickboxer that I've never heard of. So his character yeah, moves to Galway, which is in the West coast of Ireland to be with a woman that he met online. He lands, he has a meet, like he talks with her and gets set up at the local, at the local hotel, finds out that her father likes Beamish Irish stout. So he goes to get a six pack of Beamish meets. You don't know this yet, but meets like a gangster there who is hiding, he, he gets the Beamish, and then later you find out that there are nuclear, there's a nuclear launch device in one of the bottles, and the rest what? of the movie is like him trying to save his new girlfriend that he's like just met for, uh, in, per- in person <laughs> once, trying to get the nuclear launch codes away from the CIA and also the IRA, and is like oh, playing God. all sides. There's like chase seeds. There's kickboxing seeds. It's it's a terrible like. What it, was this called again? It's called Moving Target. Okay, because it sounds like it like like a movie they would put on Mystery Science Theater. It's exactly <laughs> the type of movie they would put on Mystery Science Theater. I don't know if they have. Uh, part of the reason I'm recommending it is that it's on YouTube right now. So we heard about this from a friend. It's on YouTube because this guy found out about this movie recently and watched it and was like, I bet if I put this on YouTube, no one's going to take it down. Like the people who own the rights of this movie forgot that it exists. Yeah, so they just put it online. <laughs> and we had like a viewing party. It was a lot of great dumb fun. And I, th- I would be willing to bet that it's still there. So, you know, if it's there, we'll put the link in the show notes and you too can experience this, the majesty that is Moving Target. Wait, oh, so when man, I sounds- Moving Target... In, is this the 2011 film? No, this is a 2000 direct-to-video film. Oh, if the you, year 2000. Yeah, the year 2000. If you look okay. on IMDb for... The reason I keep saying the year 2000 is because there are better movies, I assume, named Moving Target. Yeah, probably. Uh, <laughs> but uh, oh my so God. this is not the first result. 
so I, I was going to say, obviously, Dane knows about I one. I just clicked it on YouTube. I just went on YouTube. Mm-hmm. The first thing that appears on the screen, Don, in quotations, the dragon, Wilson. Yes, Don, <laughs> the dragon, Wilson. <laughs> Wait, no, the dragon, Wilson is all in quotes, or is the dragon in quotes? The dragon is in quotes. Okay. Yeah. Because I was going to have some questions about his identity. <laughs> but, uh, man, so I love... I love movies that are so bad that they end up making you smile and laugh and they end up being like a treasure to me to this day. Flash Gordon, the movie is, is that exact thing where it's just like, I hate it so much, but for all the right reasons, it lands back in my heart is, you know, if I really want to just giggle at how bad something is, you can always turn to Flash Gordon. No. And this movie has a lot of lovely little flourishes. Like everybody knows kickboxing, and so the like Wait, the in the detect- movie they all know what how to do it yeah because don i mean don wilson it, i imagine this is the kind of movie where it's like an excuse for some martial arts and different types of fighting styles and car chases right like the plot doesn't really matter so in order for yeah. that to make sense all of the gangsters and everybody that you encounter also have to be able to match your the match the energy that you're bringing in order to be a real foe right so all the bad guys know like different fighting styles Part of the underground kickboxing club. Yeah, of course, naturally. <laughs> and like the lead detective is every, you know, the lead detective is going to be in the next scene because it always starts with somebody getting out of a car with a pot of coffee or like a pot, sorry, a pot of tea to bring to her, even though it doesn't make any sense that there would be like a tea boy. who. Yeah, how did they boil the tea? <laughs> like where was, oh, we have the hot pot co- uh-huh. connected to our, our cigarette lighter, obviously. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I think the conceit is that that person is always like making runs back to home base, back to the office oh to boil God. a pot and bring it to her. It's ridiculous. So, yeah. Uh, I don't know. Like the plot of this movie doesn't make that much sense. I'm not going to even bother trying to describe it. It's you know, watch it and have a good time. So I'm going to do a quick, I'm gonna do a rapid fire one, where I kind of ape off of everyone's picks. So my first one is watch Parks and Rec, and that's aped off of Schitt's Creek. It's like I think Parks and Rec is like one of those shows that everyone loves, and I don't hate that everyone loves it. Like, not like the the perfect example is The Office. Like I'm so sick of The Office. But I still really dig Parks and Rec. It's just a great, it's a great show. Watch that. For Dane's thing, watch 2005's Pride and Prejudice. It's not as it's not it's not in the same vein, but it is a period piece, and I actually think it's quite a good movie. Like it's beautifully shot. And for for Steve, I would say watch eight, eight out of ten or eight out of eight. I think it's eight out of ten cats do countdown. Yes. Yeah, it's another it's another British panel comedy show, and it's also fantastic. And it frequently. It frequently has my favorite Canadian by way, uh, Canadian by way of Brit, Brit, Brit to you, Catherine Ryan. Catherine Ryan. Oh <laughs> my gosh, <laughs> Catherine Ryan. She's so Whoa. great. And then for Forrest, I would say this is this is, uh, has very little connect connective tissue because I, I don't have any like terrible Bruce Willis recent movies to like or you know what I mean like terrible terrible movies or like it also kind of sounds like a Steven Seagal joint no but but this movie is actually good and uh, well not that that good it's an it's a film called Teddy Bear that came out in 2012 and it's about a Danish bodybuilder who goes to Thailand to find to find a wife and he's like. A super sweet guy who has like a very overbearing mother, which is it's the optics of which are hilarious because he's six foot four, like three hundred pounds, 
and and she's just this regularly sized woman. But it's actually a very good film. Watch that. And then outside of all of that, check out a band on Spotify called Genki Seven, and that's G E N K I dash seven, and the number, the numerical. And they're actually a local uh, Texas band whom I know one of the band members, and they're uh, very, <laughs> they're very, they're very new. So they don't have a, a huge following, but I think they have a great sound and that you should check them out. Outside of that, I'm willing to talk about British panel comedy shows for the next 40 minutes, if you guys are. I, I mean, don't hell think yeah. I know enough about them. I mean, I, you guys. You... I, I, well, I was going to riff off the period drama thing. Actually, one of the best period dramas I've seen recently was, I think it was last year, Emma, which is Jane Austen, who wrote Pride and Prejudice. Her other film or her other novel. She uh, only has got, one uh, other one. Oh, really? She only Just has one. Oh, well. no, she's written. She's written a lot of books. I was being very snarky. I'm oh, sorry. Okay. Proceed, sir. But it stars and Anya Taylor Joy, who is a joy. And uh, is that the woman from? <laughs> is that the woman from from the new chess the new chess chess yes, show? Yes, it is. Oh, okay. And, oh, uh, is she, what what is the new chess show? Uh, Queen's, Queen's Gambit. Gambit. Is that okay? That's I, another delight. But I think we've all seen that. Queen's Gambit? Yeah. I've seen two episodes. Yeah. Oh. You didn't like it? It's not that I didn't like it. I just, I have a hard time watching stuff. Wow. <laughs> uh, yeah. Okay. And, and not then for the all show. recommended movies. Bill Nye is also in it, who I love Bill Nye. Not, that is the English actor Bill Nye, not Bill Nye, the science guy. And yeah, it's just a, it was just a fun movie. Famously, Bill Nye was in Underworld as the yes. elder. Which More is famous a than movie about vampires. No, I still think Pirates is more famous than Underworld. Wait, is it, are we now doing the vampire, Six Degrees of Vampires again? Oh my god, I forgot about that. <laughs> you can always find vampires. The thing that I was going to say, I was going to recommend the anime Jujutsu Kaisen. That's also a good anime to watch. It's another, it's like a shonen oh, type yeah. anime. That was recommended to me. Yeah, it's well, really good. I mean, it, anime runs the spectrum between truly silly all the way down to heartbreakingly dramatic. So you got to be careful. With the happiness recommendation on an anime. Yeah, I was actually thinking about coming in hot and recommending the anime Monster because I love it. And like we're getting having a great time watching it. But at its heart, it's a really dramatic show about like murder and the nature of evil and like all this crazy shit. And then I'm like, when you guys started recommending Taskmaster and Shit's Creek, I'm like, maybe I should take a step back. Yeah, maybe I'll pull up on the stick. Yeah, hold my horses. Is this a 15-year-old anime? Yeah, it must have been from like 2000-ish. What is it? Yeah. 2004. Looks like yeah. it's when it came out. But I mean, awesome. if it makes you happy, cool. Yeah, no, that's great. Yeah. Would you say if it makes you happy, what do I care? No. Whoa, no. Wait, wait, what, what? no, no, no. Okay, okay, okay. I would say if it no makes one, you happy, no one said that. why the hell are you so sad? I was literally yeah. going to come in super hot on this one and, and say, you know, it makes me happy. The song "If It Makes You Happy" by Alanis Morissette. Oh man. Okay, so I'm looking. I'm looking online, and apparently there was an American TV series version of Taskmaster based there on was? the UK series. The setup and is they a, called it MythBusters. Yeah. No. No. What? So it was, <laughs> it was still. It still has Alex Horn, but the main presenter is Reggie Watts. And one of the comedians is Ron Funches. Is that how you actually say his name? But you yeah, know, I think that is. I think that's correct. 
that makes me like I'm sure this is bad, but I really want to watch it now. But I, now you're you want to track it down just for the experiment. Yeah, uh, we'll see. Uh, maybe I'll watch that and uh, report back for next episode. Report back. Yeah, that sounds good. Is, uh, like Taskmaster on Netflix? I've been watching it on YouTube. I don't Should know if it's more? officially on YouTube, but that's what I've been doing. I do like Taskmaster. No, sorry. I still I do like Reggie Watts. I do yes. think a lot of the things that he's in are like for a reason just not that popular. Like I don't know what it is. Like always just right under the. Uh, the 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 breaking point for hyper popularity. Yeah, did you know he's he's bit. a B list actor that just can't break he's into com- the a. He's, a, he's a comedian. Yeah. He's not an actor, but yeah. Well, he he's in television and film. Yes. I just don't. I just don't. I just don't think he would appreciate being called an actor. Oh, <laughs> oh. Well, you know, actually, I saw an interview with Chris Rock recently where they asked him that very question. They were like. You're a comedian, you're an actor, you're a writer. Which one's the most important? And he was like, you know what? I'm a comedian at heart. I don't like the other two. And that goes to your point. Maybe he, he wouldn't like that. My personal friend Reggie Watts would not. <laughs> yeah, I, I just talked to him on the phone Are you before. <laughs> friends with Reggie Watts? No. Oh, because that'd be cool. Reggie Watts sounds like the name of a supervillain who turns into like an electric based. <laughs> yeah. Reggie Watts and he gets shot. Somebody- and he gets- he gets electrocuted, but he gets gets struck by lightning on a full moon while at an EDM concert. So he just becomes like an EDM based electric villain. He can just ride the lightning. He can mm-hmm. swing on the clouds. He can. Don't bring up Wonder Woman. This is. I, I'm, I'm triggered. I'm triggered. I don't know what you're talking about. I didn't bring up Wonder Woman. You did. <gasps> Brent, can other people see Wonder Woman eighty four? Yeah, it's actually Wonder Woman '84 is a fever dream. It never came out. Yeah. It's, just, it's just something that I we've been slowly talking you off this cliff. We yeah, they only <laughs> they made never, one were, Wonder Woman movie, and it was pretty okay. Yeah, it's, it's it was 20, a solid film. It's 2019, Brent. What are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> wake up, wake up! We need you to wake up. Yeah, it's like yeah, it's like Groundhog Day, but the amount of time it took to announce film edit and market wonder woman 84 <laughs> uh yeah but no for real though uh british panel comedies like what besides the great Brit- british baking show which is i think the only one i've seen is there any other famous ones in the american market that i may have touched because like i feel like i have no idea what you're talking about when you bring them up oh I, a lot of these like youtube is my source for these but off the top of my head there's eight out of ten cats does countdown which was previously mentioned there's the big fat quiz of the year or the big fat quiz of everything they do a yearly one and they do installments of the big fat quiz of everything there's a qi or qi which is really good it was hosted by stephen fry for many seasons where it's a it's like a qi is like it's like a quiz show but Mm -hmm. only barely like there is a host and there are questions and there are like comedians answering them but not like in a way that makes you end an episode and be like wow that's i learned something instead of like (laughs) carrot top pulled out a big bat shaped dildo yeah because like i think my mental comparison is i don't whose line it is whose line is it anyway like Um, that's all i've got is that what we're looking at not entirely. So Whose Line Is It Anyway is like traditional improv games. These have right. a little bit more structure to them. Like 8 out of 10, eight out of ten Cats Does Countdown is 
just a is a game that you alternate between math and like word puzzles and you're on teams of two right and it and like it's a game and there's like in a very sort of british competition show style way with comedians there's like rivalries and there's like sassing each other and things like that but that is like that's almost like you could say wheel of fortune or jeopardy like there is a game you are making decisions and it's like you know it's like some of the things are like on the math side it's like hey here are uh here are a bunch of numbers figure out what operations like addition subtraction multiplication division in what order on those numbers will make this number it's like a legit sat math problem that british comedians are trying to solve i've never interacted with these got it (laughs) i've never i've never heard of any of them till today that's interesting yeah yeah i think the the nice thing about these shows is that it's sort of an easy thing to put on but it's not totally mind-numbing because even though what they are doing is literally solving a puzzle or performing a task, like the actual reason you're watching it, much like, you know, chips are kind of a, or tortilla chips are kind of a vector for salsa or whatever you put on them. Like these are sort of just a container for being charming or like having funny jokes or like getting mad at each other. Like you're not watching it for them to literally solve the task. You're watching it for them to like do some like wacky shenanigans along the way. Of course. Yeah, no, that makes sense. It's just, I literally had never heard of them before, so didn't really have the mental space to understand. Mm-hmm. But they do sound delightful. Maybe I'll have to check them out. Can we, can we use BBC as an example of why we don't need capitalism to produce good content? No. I mean, the floor is yours. Quiet. No. He, you, why would you give him the floor? No, yeah, yeah, <laughs> no the chair recognizes Councilman Stevenson. No, All right, Dane, BBC tell me said, about why the BBC represents an example about why we don't need oh, capitalism it, to produce. It's state. It's a state-run channel. Uh-huh. And That's it. That's the post. All right, everyone. Thank you for coming to another exciting episode of Pop Culture Cake. Where Dane lays down the truth just, in an it's obvious just, it's way. Not that, it's not that deep. I don't know what to tell you. What? You're just saying because it's a publicly run and sponsored channel, it produces good content regardless of whether or not it makes money yeah well i mean i feel like that's been our argument for the past few years about the pbs here in the united states but that's not really but the pbs is like anemic well, yeah because it's the united states yeah what are you guys gonna want libraries jesus and like as a per- someone who sits on the board of a library yes more of those What's it like being on the board of a library? Oh my god, being like half the age of everyone else on the board, it's uh, it's <laughs> tedious, pretty tedious. Uh, do they keep do, do do they constantly question your millennial perspective? Uh, no, I'm the darling. Actually, they love me. Hey, that's good. They think it's so cool that someone my age actually gives a shit about the library. When I worked for the museums organization, where it was the same situation, where I was like, you know, 26, and everyone else was 60 or more. They constantly were like, but what do millennials really want to see at museums? I was like, why do you think I know? <laughs> Let me look around just, at my millennial comrades here. Yeah, oh, like, wait. Well, it's, uh, yeah, but that that's that's why I was thinking like, oh, dear, how do they treat you? <laughs> but good. I'm glad to hear that the library organization adores you because you're the best, Dane. Keep at it. <laughs> okay.
Yeah, I mean, I was expecting a little bit more, but okay. Anyway, so libraries are great. The BBC does a good job at creating content. I think the better argument for me was always the Minecraft argument. Like, it produces nothing. You put in all this time and effort to create art, and yet the end result is beautiful, yet doesn't produce profit. Therefore, you don't need the the drive for profit to create art. Done. Yeah. So, I don't know. What else is going on with people? What else brings up the joy engine? Yeah, I want to talk about two things. Oh, um, here we go. I just want to point out that, you know, this was not my master plan, but part of the reason I remember thinking about putting Moving Target as my recommendation is just like a little bit of proof that something like a show or any kind of media that is bad can give you joy. You don't have to make something like Wonder Woman 84 is bad and also removes joy. But secondarily, <laughs> I want to ask Genki7, Brent, Yes. what is this band's deal? Like, I know you know them, but like, what do they sound like? Oh, I mean, I, I mean, I, I mean, I, that's what they sound. That's what they sound like. Because like? I, uh, not I mean, a lot of scat. Wow. They're, they're, uh, I mean, they're described, they're self-described as a rock duo from Austin, Texas. But I would, I would, I would describe their sound as like it's hard to describe. I mean, I, I, I find myself always lacking the ability to like really articulate music, but it is like a very like. It has a lot of energy to it. Would you describe it as electric or acoustic? <laughs> oh, it's definitely pr- electric, and it's very—it's okay. produced very well, especially considering how how fresh they are. I mean, they, they bring I'm sure they bring their individual experiences to it. It's a it's a duo, and they and the, you know they have like this kind of like rock, but way of anime. Do you know what I mean? Like when you would see one of their songs is called Shonen Leap. You know what I mean? Like they're called <laughs> Genki Seven, they're, but there is that yeah. like that vibe it's it's got a lot of energy to it it's very youthful i don't want to call call it punk but it is it is it's really good and they're and it's what i what i really like about it is that even though there's a thorough line right that energy follows into all of their music it doesn't feel like they have a single gimmick you know what i mean like they have they what what it does sound like is that they have a sound that they're able to apply to to great effect on different I don't know. It's hard for me to describe. Yeah. Like one of the things that usually resonates with people is, would you describe the beats per minute as higher or lower? Like, do they go for a more somber sound or a more intense sound of whatever that intensity may be? No, it's more intense. I mean, I mean, it's one of their songs, Chumbada kind of reminds, reminds me of, of Rage Against the Machine in its mm. use of beats, like its use of the drumline, that that cadence, but it is not as it's not angry in that way. I mean, there's definitely there's definitely that liberal vibe, that that frustration with the system. You know, one of their songs is Anarchy, and is I think very much up. It is no, very much you're... in in response to the, the the political atmosphere of 2020. But I, I there's a there's just this there's a joy to listening to them that i i'm really excited about and it's not it is not i don't i don't easily recommend a musical group if i don't you know what i mean like i'm not out here to talking about even some of my favorite bands because they're very unique to me and my taste but i think this has a lot of broad spectrum appeal like I would, got, yeah I, I think the broad spectrum has like a weird connotation to it but it, oh, I think, okay. yeah it I, I, but more i think deal than just me 
I think you guys would enjoy it for sure. Yeah, yeah, see, that's what we're looking for. What would you say is their main instrument choice? It sounds like they're pretty diverse, but would you say they're more in favor of guitar, piano, drum? What would what's what's the main force? Since there's only two of them, they can't get a full sound. It sounds like they're kind of like the White Stripes. So, uh, uh, I mean, I don't, guys, I don't, I don't know. I feel like I, I don't really have the the ammunition to. I mean, this rock. I mean, this guitar, this drums. You guys are. <laughs> You guys are drilling me on this on this on this band with a singular four song EP, as if you know what I mean. Like, uh, go fucking listen to it. Uh, Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got you. I'm not trying to make you solely responsible. I'm trying to help you articulate how music. Fucking listen to it. No, you. So I just so I just listened to it, like not the whole way through. But I did like a thirty seconds. It seems very like it's cool. It's interesting. It seems very before like continue, uh, before you continue, Steve. While we're doing this, go and play a little snippets of their of their EP on. on no, Spotify actually, go back. and watch Moving Target. No, 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 Steve. Yeah. Really, go listen to some of the music real quick and then come back. Force, go ahead. So I would just say, you know, it sounds very much like well, a it's not a sparse sound like you were like you were thinking, hypothesizing that it might be Adam because even though there's two of them, it sounds like they've got effects. Like I imagine they've got like multiple tracks, like you know, re- recording over. Right, it's, like it's, they're playing different guitar lines over top of each other. Yeah, to me, it sounds like this would be, and I'm not saying it like they're aping it, but I'm saying that they've got like they've bottled the energy of like. I don't know about the additional, like the progressive one and the other fucking one, but fully coolly. Like, I feel like it's got that kind of like vibe. Yeah, um, I, I agree. It's got that, it's got that bounciness, that energy that like, that a lot of, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, what you're trying to say. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm not trying to, I'm also not trying to like just simplify this, but it's, it seems very much like a rock, like guitar, bass, drums. Hey, no, I'm just, yeah. I'm just, my goal was to help Brent articulate the sound of a band I clearly uh-huh. <laughs> made this a problem. I didn't want it to be a problem, but like that's how I suss these things out myself. Like, what do they rely on? Mm-hmm. But Ooh. here we are. <laughs> yeah, I feel kind of like an ass now. Uh, but you know, good. I also get why you wouldn't want to try to. It's good, it's good that you feel like an ass. Ah, damn. Ah. Well, I also get why you weren't trying to cage them into either a progressive <laughs> or a punk sound because I'm just you know. Now I know you were. That's why I'm not mad. We're not fist fighting in the street. <laughs> like, Brent, uh, I know you've been here all night, but you need to calm down. <laughs> been here all week. Oh yeah, how God. much sleep have you gotten? I'm imagining very, you lying on the very... floor, muttering, "Wonder Woman." Yeah, have Wonder you? Woman. Have you, yeah, have you little... recently? Like, I'm kind of worried about you. <laughs> it's got that. When uh... I close my eyes, all I see is. Golden wings and cheetah. <laughs> oh, I like that fully oh coolie, fully coolie, um, Gurren Lagan. Uh, oh, oh, okay. Yes. See, yeah, that's a good flavor. I know like exactly energy, what you like. That just that yeah. that like rebel. Like it's like it's uh, my drill will pierce the heavens. Yeah, gotcha. just, Steve, did you do the thing that I asked you to do? I did. Uh, yes. Okay. Go ahead. Tell us what do you think. Okay, so the first thing, like I listen, like so, I started at their most popular song, "Shonen Leap," and I say most popular because that's just how it was ranked. But they all have under a thousand listens, so this is the ground floor, guys. You could probably get some signed merch now for free or for cheap. Play it on your local radio stations, anyway. And the initial like guitar noodling on that gave me big Samurai Champloo vibes, which I am here for. That soundtrack 
slaps me across the room. What is anytime this I crack? Yeah, it what, yeah. What, what, hold on, back up. What what slaps you across the room? The Samurai, Samurai Champloo. Yeah, Samurai Champloo soundtrack. Yeah. So I, good. Once again, I'm outside of the conversation. Proceed. Samurai Champloo <laughs> was an anime that came out in the early 2000s. It follows uh, a Ronin and. Yeah, I didn't start watching anime until I met Steve. Proceed. Uh, it's for the people who made Cowboy Bebop. It's really good. See, previous comment. I think yep. I got Steve into it, actually. Uh, I remember, I mean, it was discussed. I was. I ran with the same crowd as people who would have watched Samurai Champloo, but I'm 90% sure you recommended it to me. And then, like, as is the case in my life, five to seven years passed, and I was like, guys, let me introduce you to something called Samurai Champloo. And you guys were like... <laughs> That came out in 2004, and I moonwalked oh. out of the conversation. Kinky Seven. There, I found it. But anyway, so that's pretty... So that was the first thing I got, is because I, again, am just completely... I am abused by that soundtrack. It is just chock-a-block full of absolute bangers and just the memories. Oh, actually, so I'm, I'm going to slightly adjust the course here for a second. Anime soundtracks... Like the, the <laughs> they bring per- me joy. Yeah, no, the Persona Five soundtrack dropped, and I have I I hosted a, a a rave in my toddler daughter's room where we turned off the light, the lights, and then there was like she has like a light up. And you gave her a pacifier dog. and a glow yeah. stick. No, actually, they're not pacifiers, but no, I like I had this like stupid LED light filled stuffed animal thing. I turned it on and we were just raging. She was bouncing on a little, little trampoline. We were playing Aww. the we were playing Persona Five battle music. Aww. My wife That's was like laughing really herself to tears just outside yeah. the room. It was amazing. But like that, I understand that like from a psychological perspective, if you could compel someone to dance like that they will probably feel better. Like, it is just brain chemistry. But, like, I have never been able to overcome my internal blocks to do that. And then I listened to Lynn's fire tracks on the Persona 5 soundtrack. Mm. And A, the memories of just plopping my ass down on the couch every every weekend morning back before I had kids or responsibilities, playing the shit out of that game, dumping my hundred hours into it. And those, mm, mm, just just your like free time day music comes on mm. or the like shit's gonna pop off not boss fight but tough enemy fight music mm. i know what you mean because it extends beyond the video game universe though the final fantasy various soundtracks and boss fights and combat music just they they reach you and mm-hmm. they're great but like you're right like if we're gonna go to like the gurren Logan theme or even I know, I know it's stupid, but like Avatar: The Last Airbender, their theme song. I know it's not an anime, mm-hmm. but the point is, is that uh, there's. It, I'd, it I'd let that one slide. It, me too, but like technically, it's an American studio, so you know. Anyway, the point is, is that, that there's just something about the way anime presents itself that is epic and engaging in a way that's almost pure. Like you can get behind it without reservation, and it just touches you on that spiritual level i get you i know exactly what you're talking about it that yes 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 i love it i love so much about it me too and to an earlier point where forest was like you know this thing actually is about murder and sorrow but one of my favorite animes that is uh sometimes lambasted but that is truly 
like it i can watch it and always be like yeah these people are doing something is a kame ga kill it's a story about assassins and it's kind of tropey and silly but i like that it delivers on its promise from the very beginning of the story to the very end everyone does and says the things like we're not going to be heroes at the end of this we are going to die ignominiously and at the end we'll still have saved the world and i love it i just like it touches me i love that story that's interesting that's a show that i've scrolled past many a time thinking this seems like something that might be good i mean if you're into a story about you know like plucky group of teens and mid 20 somethings go up against unstoppable odds and eventually come out on top while you know sacrificing everything along the way it's unlike other animes characters actually die and they stay dead so i appreciated that as well because too many times they'll be like, well, Goku's going to be resurrected in episode seven of season 47, you know? Right, right. You want the stage to mean something. Yeah, and they do. They mean something in that that particular story. But it is sad. Like, there, it's the underlying story is sad. Brent, what is bringing you joy? Uh, Uh-oh. Uh, Welcome to Pop Culture Cake. Service outbound. Yeah. Yeah, 404 error on that one, Tiger. Seriously. Pull up. I appreciate the serial experiments lane ending. <laughs> <laughs> He's still going. Uh, uh, the answer uh, is yeah. Uka. Uka, Shika, um, Adam, Dane, Steve, Forrest, oh. uh, Max, obviously. That, that ruins the bit a little bit. But, you know. One bit. <laughs> What bit, Daniel? Go ahead. To explain to the he class just, what just, bit. It just seems to you seem to shit on Adam a lot. It seems to be a running gag. We shit on know. we shit on you a lot. We shit on everybody a lot. The only people that don't yeah. get shit on are Forrest and Steve because they're the breadwinners. <laughs> <laughs> I I mean don't you fucking forget it. <laughs> <laughs> I'll go put right. some lights on. Right. No, but there, in my friendships with both Brent and Steve, I have found that we often end up in very contentious conversations, but in the end, we're still like really great friends. So I don't know if we are shitting on one another or we just disagree in a very powerful way. <laughs> what do we disagree about, Adam? Let me, let me, let me turn this energy towards you. What? What, do, what was the question? What do we disagree about? What do you and I disagree about? You and I? Like we both oh, want universal no. health care. We both did. Oh, you, no, no. You see, you're going to like important stuff. We disagree about like artistry. We frequently mm. disagree about how we would both approach a different type of an art medium, music, television, film. It's the interesting because we're both we're both we both come from like a rock music background. Like, yep. I think that is an interesting point because I know for a fact that you're like of a classic. Like Meatloaf is obviously the number one example. Oh like, man, I, he's one of my favorites. Like that type of like, I don't know how to even describe meatloaf, like storytelling, like, like, how would you describe meatloaf, Adam? Well, it falls under 80s metal, technically, and it falls under the a very specific artist who is actually Jim Steinman. Meatloaf is just the person who sings his music. Steinman's music is very narrative. It tells a story in the song, but also throughout the album. So that's also part of its appeal. I'm not sure what you're asking me beyond that. It's technically metal. I, it, which is funny because I come from the 
I come from like a lot of my core is also the metal, well, heavy metal of the eighties, like yeah, Megadeth. Yeah, that's why where that's where I'm making the distinction. Yeah. Like Guns and Roses is metal, ACDC is metal, but I, it's not heavy metal. Yeah, and I'm like Megadeth, Metallica, mm-hmm. Iron Maiden, Iron Maiden. Yeah, they're great. They're great bands. I like Iron Maiden. It's just once I start, once you start crossing the line over into. I can no longer understand what the primary singer is saying. If I'm just getting, I'm like, okay, okay, okay. Sounds like you're describing uh, new metal. See, now <laughs> see, that's I that out the, the point is, is that entirely. the older heavy metal bands, Iron Maiden, Megadeth, I actually understood and appreciated, but I approach music primarily through the lyrics so when I can no longer understand them, I no longer appreciate what the band is trying to do. Dan, you were, you were jumping in with a point, but I think we stepped on you. Oh, I was just saying like that's why the kind of music I really enjoy lately is has no lyrics. I'm really into post-rock and stuff like that. So, Like, name, name a band, Dan. Well, I'm really into The End of the Ocean. I've played some of the music for them for you guys before. I've recently discovered This Will Destroy You, which is kind of an older mm-hmm. post-rock band. And then I recently also discovered one called, I don't know how you pronounce it. It's I slash O, like the power button thing. They're, I've been really enjoying them as well. Okay. So, I mean, this might come down to a fundamental difference between how we approach various media. Who amongst us prefers having words over sound, like in music at least? I feel like I do, but I've never really consciously made that decision. That is, I prefer music with lyrics. Oh, you know what? I would like to go back all the way to the beginning of this podcast, and I would like to share... When Brent was sitting in the corner gibbering about Flash? I would like to... It's just that some parts of his suit are held together by literal wire. Instead of a a movie or a show, I would like to propose... It's for speed. It's for speed, Brent. I would like to propose an album. Poor Dane's trying to make a point. This is from a side project of a band. They did an album. So they formed a, a small project called Miracle Musical back in 2012 and they put an album out called hawaii part two and it's like the only thing this random project put out but it's got like this really cool islandy old 40s 50s kind of music vibe to it i've been listening to it. i i know i just said that i listen to things without lyrics but this one does have vocals definitely worth checking out and it uh, does kind on, of tell but a vocals story. doesn't mean lyrics. Vocalization is not the same oh thing. Scat my is God. Yes. No, but I'm just saying. No, I'm God in this scenario. As for, what? As, as for like going back to your conversation about like meatloaf, there is a story that's told through the album as well. So, oh, well, that's cool. I do like concept albums. Hawaii. I also, I'm so sorry, Dane. But yeah, Hawaii, I'm just repeating it. It's Hawaii Part Two. And for I do like like large sections of no of no words like like you know like listen to like a dream theater you know like like a lot of prog prog metal prog rock is these nine minute nine minute tantric songs and there's words but then there's whole stretches of just like I guess I'm on I guess I'm on marijuana right now I guess that's what's happening <laughs> right I think for me the for the music that I I gravitate towards is like a Rage Against the Machine like a Megadeth you know or like early 90s gangster rap just like i think really emotionally intense music where there is an, an amount of aggression or passion that i'm not saying it isn't in other music but that it is like a little bit more front-facing is my vibe 
I think I think anybody who knows me would kind of get that get that sense that I, that, that, that that is the kind of energy that I look for in music. What about you, Steve? Steve O, Steve the the reprieve. Oh, nice. Happy. Yeah, Steve H is for happy. So I just had a, I I had been quietly like accumulating musical opinions to share. The first was thinking about so thinking about music without lyrics. I have a I have like an anniversary pressing of Explosions in the Skies How Strange Innocence album for their like 10th anniversary of it or whatever. And they include and they have a little note in there that is like, hey, you know, it probably doesn't make a lot of sense for y'all, but to us, these songs are about and they like just rattled off some of the themes like return you know like returning to your hometown after a traumatic event and the bond between a father and son and blah 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 and i was like you just made cool twangy guitar noises man i didn't i don't there's no way for me to glue that together in the old noodle to your point about right like building building stories out of sound and i thought about one of the bands that i had just recently gotten into american football which is kind of like almost post-rock instrumental but then with occasional wordage not like in a weird german techno basement kind of way where it's like a bunch of noise followed by like geöffnet and then noise again (laughs) right but i feel like in terms of lyrics it's particularly sparse and then i looked them up on spotify and spotify's like bio of them calls them an influential emo touchstone and that just and eat, threw oh, me. yeah. How do you like, feel now, Mister Dances in the Dark? But no, because that's not right. I also like Depeche Mode. Oh, they didn't. You, you see, like I would Mode? call really? I would call Depeche Mode more of an influential emo touchstone than fucking American football. Yeah, Who wrote this? Who wrote this? <laughs> We're gonna Tim go find Sendra them. from Rovi. I know you're listening to this. <laughs> <laughs> We're gonna find you, gang, gang. None of my homies fuck with Tim. What's his last name? Sendra. None of, I, none of my homies fuck with Tim Sendra. Gang gang. <laughs> <laughs> Boom. You know, maybe, I don't know. Remember Steve back in college when we had the ongoing joke that I was a time traveler who was oh, frozen? We, we went yeah, to, to college together. I've known Steve longer. <laughs> Steve. Yes, you all have known Steve longer. Forrest and I, unfortunately, got to meet him in college. No, you knew it, Steve longer. <laughs> no, that's the, oh. that's the thing Brent picked joke, up yeah. after. Yeah. Oh, that you've okay. known him longer. And you're lording ever it over. Slightly, you're lording it over us. Ever no, so I won't. We're all Red. like 57 Red. now. We've Red. Got... <laughs> I'm Red. Yeah, my knees up, hurt. Buddy? You want to <laughs> oh, yell at me? You want to yell at me? Some more. You really hurt. I picked up uh, Ring Fit Adventure and I started playing it that this weekend and. I have not been living an active lifestyle before that. Yeah. So okay, oh, but hold on. I, when finally, when I, someone I, who's played Ring Fit Adventure, is it what really is hard to what? get? Oh, no, hold on. What oh, is that? It's a switch game that involves a resistance ring, like resistance training ring, and a strap for you to like put one of the Joy Cons on your thigh, and then it uses the accelerometers in there oh, to my like God. confirm okay. that you're doing an exercise movement correctly so it delivers on the wii's promise gotcha yeah oh, two consoles later <laughs> so I did nailed it you yeah but so okay dane squats it's your first it's one of your first moves right is it real hard to get that wii or the switch controller like in the right part of your nutsack to get it to register squats correctly <laughs> No, I 
I was I'm glad to hear that you I wasn't sure you played it. I do, do you have a secret technique to like keep the thing in place on your on your thigh though? Because like that thing is fucking slipping and sliding all the goddamn time. Yeah. Okay. So two things about that. Anyone who's play anyone who's listening who who wants some hot ring fit adventure tips, you've come to the right place. <laughs> the podcast yeah, within a podcast. Slipping and sliding. So two things. One, I as lame as it sounds, would play in like basketball shorts. Like I would change out of whatever oh, pants yeah. I was wearing oh, sure. in basketball yeah. shorts, right? Yeah. And then I would just cinch the shit out of it. Okay. Because what I learned is on the start screen, right, you can see like a like a model of what the accelerometers are telling your console with regard mm-hmm. to like your thigh strap. And you gotta like get that oriented perfectly so that's like perfectly vertical and perfectly faced towards you yes that'll help a decent amount but don't worry because the forums are blowing up about the squat problem i don't have i didn't have any problems with the squats really liz and i are like blowing out our glutes and like we both lifted weights for a period of our life so Uh like our squat form can't be completely busted but that thing is like yeah just fucking sit on the floor you piece of shit! <laughs> I didn't know you lifted weights, Steve. I feel like I feel like no, I got. He, I feel like no, I, he I, did. Yeah, and I, I'm not saying he didn't, Adam. I'm not accusing him of being a fucking liar. Adam, Adam should know because he's known him longer. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you flipped yeah. an asshole. I was there, ground zero, when I we was, learned to I swim. Was, I was, I was, I was. What's the? I was spotting him. I was born in the squat. I. <laughs> oh you really embraced it. Did, oh my did God. you ever, did I, you ever were you so when you were lifting you were just lifting for like for health reasons or did yeah. you ever were you trying to get big or anything no it wasn't it was like a it was appearance based was only in yeah. as much yeah only in as much as like it it is easy to lose all of your definition and muscle mass and then just be kind of like awkward and twiggy with a pot belly and so that was the goal was just to like retain some amount of muscle mass and you know, How did you get that not, initial muscle mass? I don't know, running around in the woods, working in warehouses, like j- uh, just doing shit. I, I, I could tell a fun Steve story. I Dane's known him longer. Be a little on the heavier side back in like middle school and high school, and then he was wait. Out. Hold on, hold on. Pause the pause the whole fucking ship. Drop anchor. When? How long have you known Steve? Since high school. Yeah. Oh, Even the school. right but i i was aware of his presence ah uh, so if i if i if i remember the timeline correctly steve put on weight after he had a bad snowboarding injury where he was like bedroom for a while if i if i'm understanding it correctly and then so he put on some weight and then he was out of school for like a month with this awful stomach buck and he lost a shit ton of weight and he never put it back on yeah it was like very early freshman year i got some sort of stomach parasite and it fucked me right up and so but yeah did for the, you, how did you get bedridden was it a skiing accident I don't, it wasn't I don't a snowboarding accident no he, he used to snowboard correct. yeah why is everyone so much cooler adam no okay but I, hold on I don't, I don't know man i'm equally lame i don't no, know hold on okay a this was like middle school b yep I wiped out trying to dodge some like newbie skier and fractured my neck. Oh the one, God! The one time, but you're still way cooler than me. Rotor cuffs. You fractured your neck. Did you have any like loss of feeling or anything? Like, were you? Was there like the the risk of paralyzation? 
No, no, no. It's it was like like one vertebrae like chipped a little bit. Oh, okay. I mean, yeah, still like, tore. Mm. Still, no, I'm not diminishing. That's still crazy. No, yeah, that still it, sounds. No, terrible. but no, I, I I tell it because I'm like no, no, no. I thankfully wasn't in. Ri- I wasn't like almost paralyzed or whatever but it was still like holy shit if i had like wiped out harder or into a tree or into a different rock or whatever yeah that could have really sucked and it was at this moment that steve decided to play video games rather than snowboard yep, Forrest, that... tell me if i'm tell me if i'm crazy here but is this not hella interesting am i wrong i mean, i'm trying to uh, yeah it's a whole origin story like it's so uh steve... you're not crazy that's the that's the short answer Okay, okay, okay. So, Steve, like, what was it like? Okay, so you 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 have this accident. Yep. In the moments afterwards, mm-hmm. what was that like? Did you could you stand? Were oh, you... I was I was like unconscious for a little bit. Jesus. So Who I found you. Was it just so the, you? Yeah, was it Jesus? So, so we I had gone with one of my friends up because you ski you always ski with a buddy or whatever. But I had like waved them off while I was dicking with a binding or something on the snowboard, and he was like, "All right, cool, bye." Because he's in middle school, he's not, you know, the person was not super responsible. And then I was like, all right, cool, gonna go snowboard now. And then I beefed it, beefed it real hard, and like got, I would say, pretty seriously dazed. I don't think I was like fully unconscious, but I was not interested in moving. And the idea of like laying on my back, staring upward into the snow was like a great idea. And my brain was like, yeah, this is it. And then some amount of time passed, and Ski Patrol found me, and they, like, swaddled me on the little cart they used to get people down mountains, and then they skied with my, you know, like, potentially paralyzed ass down the mountain. Yeah, no, that, did they put you on a backboard? Yeah, oh, absolutely. Oh, my God. Okay, yeah, so it was serious. Yeah, and well, I mean, was, they, we have to they, assume. Yeah, exactly, because, right? like, it I was, was un... I was unresponsive, like eyes open, like the lights were on, but no one was home. It's really no, I know. I'm just trying to put the whole picture together. I like I'm imagining them doing the whole one, two, three. Yeah, it, you know. Yeah, well, so with it, since there was like snow, I think it was just one dude. I don't know because uh, I just again like fun story. I didn't get a whole ton of it, but no, I ended up with like a minor concussion and a fractured cervical vertebrae and i was in a neck brace for a little while to just deal with the fact that like my head had clearly flopped some kind of way in the crash situation and so like you know it was not it was thankfully not super bad but yeah on a backboard down the mountain to a hospital scared the bejesus out of my mom i don't know when the school group realized that i was the one that got injured because, again, my ski buddy didn't give two shits about me and was just, you know, like drinking hot right. cocoa. But, yeah. Well, you know, we give many shits about you. Aw. But, dear God, you said you were one superpower away. That almost felt like if you had landed in radioactive snow and developed mm-hmm. your telekinetic powers, we would be in a, living in a different world. <laughs> and it would be better. I mean, have you seen his rotor cuffs? Like he was that from that, or was that from something else? No, no, that's just like a genetic thing. My mother had a similar problem. I so my rotator cuffs are like weird, and so I can just like just I dislocate my arms all the time, and I can like hyperextend them in creative ways without without dislocating them or like dislocating them and then relocating them instantaneously with, with no pain or like understanding that I've done it. 
without permanent damage either because like probably yeah because you would feel it by now trust yeah. me i remember you like just casually having your yes that's right. right hand on your left oblique and then me being like what are you doing yep. exactly <laughs> like if i'm holding if i'm like holding a frosty beverage with my right hand and my right oblique is itching i will scratch it by bending my arm up and over myself but yeah this the, the only downside to that superpower is I can't for the life of me pitch a baseball with any significant force without seriously dislocating my shoulder. Jesus. Well, like seriously just dis- like like dislocating it and I'm like, "Ooh, I dislocated my shoulder." And then like popping it, like rolling it back into its socket and then being like, "That really hurt." Horrible. Hate it. Can you Horrible. bowl? Horrible. Can you bowl? Yeah, bowling seems to I mean, I I'm a shitty bowler. But I can do it. I think it's probably more because of the release, right? Like, well, you, that's what I mean. It's like, yeah, I, I think by releasing it before it becomes like a big moment arm, right? I guess from Ugh. now on, what we'll do is we'll, we'll. I mean, I, I'll go next, and I think we cut it off, not for the show, but for. I think we just save everyone else's childhood bone breaking stories for every other episode now, because I don't have any. I don't. I like. I. I always worry now that I didn't because I didn't have a significant bone break or something like that, that it's going to happen when I'm older and I'm going to be less likely to recover. <laughs> the only thing that's ever happened to me is that I've, I've had my nose broken and I've also fully blacked out because I got hit with a baseball bat across my shoulder and the back of my neck. Ooh. Holy crap. And so like I lost consciousness for, I don't know, several seconds. So like I, Ooh. Well, so like I was near a car and then we had, there was just some issues with some people in my, my old, my old apartment uh, complex when I was younger. If y'all didn't know, I grew I grew up in Houston, specifically A Leaf. So rough neighborhood. Had some rough and tumbles, and then and so I I was near a car. I got hit with this baseball bat from behind. Didn't see it coming, and like fell, and my head. This is me kind of extrapolating based on where I woke up. My head, my head had gone like ninety degrees or no forty five degrees against the car, and like I slid down it. I think. Because I, because I, because I, because I, I woke up with my head lean like on like resting on like the rim and tire of the of the car, and by that point it had I don't know it couldn't have been very long. It was it was it had to have been at most a few seconds because at that point, well, most people pop up after what like six seconds is too long. So yeah, yeah. and because when I when I got when I regained consciousness, the situation had been mostly handled, but was still in the process of being handled. And it was it was waking up like out of a nap, but not knowing like I didn't know I couldn't remember my name or like really where I was. That's a concussion. Yeah, I definitely like I, I of course I was a piece of shit kid, so I never I never went never told like I didn't tell and I didn't well, go to the doctor or whatever. So I don't know what all has wrong. That was with it? Me. How old were you? I was probably like. 11 or 12 yeah that's not on you yeah i mean Did so we I woke, all have concussions when we were that age <laughs> i feel like getting a concussion i also i probably got a concussion when i flipped my bike too but like i, yeah. so I was riding my bike and there was like a crack like the you know how like a sidewalk will be shifted yep yep and, oh totally yeah and so then I, I went full front flip and landed flat on my back but i didn't like i wasn't i was also a kid so i didn't i wasn't and i was watching wrestling when i didn't know what how they would take bumps so i didn't tuck oh, my right. <laughs> so i didn't, didn't tuck, learn how to fall yet yeah i didn't tuck my chin so i just my head was just like flappy flap like <laughs> that that was a dazed moment and then the nose break the nose breaking was actually the worst pain i've ever felt in my life and it wasn't when my nose got broken is when they were like pulling like they were when they, they reset were, it 
when they were resetting my nose yeah. and I could feel like I could kind of hear the cartilage popping out from underneath that like orbital bone. And, mm. and it was, it was, it was horrible. Oh, and the only other traumatic thing I can think about that I remember right now is the one time a cockroach crawled into my ear and my <laughs> grandma. Oh my God. Like a baby cockroach? And my grandma, I don't know. I was too busy screaming my head off. And then my yeah. grandma. Just my grandma time. had to pull it out with tweezers and it was it was the, <laughs> it was the loudest sound i've ever heard in my life is the front end of this cockroach trying to dig deeper into my eardrum or something oh my god it was so loud i've never heard anything that loud ever well like, i mean yeah because it was literally inside your head and it was horrifying and thankfully it just came like she got it out and it didn't like bisect oh my god oh, oh, oh. why are we still on this to this I'm day there was a moment when I was in my one of my old houses where I was. I'm an adult. I'm like 24 at the time, and there between me and the bedroom is a is a roach that has been that was like flying back and forth erratically, and because of that, I was in tears, afraid to make the sprint to to the bedroom because I couldn't like it wasn't. And I was like grown man, like, oh no, no, no. Childhood no. trauma is childhood trauma. This is why when Forrest, because he's made of birch wood lifting buses, he doesn't speak of it. You know, it's mm-hmm. it's too much, too much. He's mm-hmm. a genuine superhero. Yeah, how did you know? Uh I just I was told very well, recently. We'll talk it. after this. The last <laughs> the last bit I want to do. Oh, no, come on, Brent. Dude. I, and the last, I want to do one more bit. I want to pull the, I want to pull the rip cord on super trauma moments. No, 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 this no. no. Let's lean in. Now this is a no, full, okay. this is okay. a full, this is a full one eighty from that. My last bit is I want, I want everyone to kind of guess what music Forrest is into because we don't, he didn't really talk about it, and everyone else talked about it. Oh, I want yeah. to, I want, I want to make a bit about this before he tells us. Oh yeah, let's do that. Yeah, well, yeah, so yeah. okay, data driven. Looking at what I actually listen to on Spotify. Yeah, yeah. Good, 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 good. So have that ready while we all. We all lambast you wildly. Yeah, I'm thinking My Chemical Romance. I'm thinking. I'm, I'm thinking. EDM. No, no. I'm thinking. I'm thinking the late great MF Doom is on there. What really? I do think Forrest listens to hip hop for sure. For sure. For, for sure. Didn't Forrest play a bunch of French rap when it was his turn for that? The, was, uh, that was that was Matt. Yeah. That was Matt. Matt has very esoteric taste just because very he's international. culturally diverse. Yeah, yeah. Like he just has his fingers in so many cultural pies. And I hear he's also really tall and jacked. He is. That's There are two Matts in my life. There's our, our Matt, who is no less than 6'4", I'm pretty sure. And used to play football, could squat a lot of weight, and has recently been going through a very positive body transformation where he's like, losing some of that weight and i think he still has like that memory you know what i mean that muscle fiber that that would that would probably start to get back up there but he's focusing i think first on his health and he's doing a great job a very strong guy and then there's another matt who is like a mentor friend of mine and he's six six and is jack oh oh he's just an even bigger giant <laughs> yeah. and we call him bigger matt which was like a which was like a little bit of a joke because our matt is now is a no is, is a giant <laughs> and 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 broad-shouldered like as much a superman person as there can be and then there's this other matt bigger matt anyway oh, uh, i'm gonna go crouch over by forest in our below six feet category and be like <laughs> Hey, buddy, you want to be friends? How tall are you, Dane? Dane, you're over six feet? Six foot even. And and Steve, you're taller than me, right? You're six two? 
Six four. I'm sorry. What? You know, we've had this yeah, conversation. You've done. We've this. had this. Yeah, this whole bit has happened. <laughs> Eve is tall. He's six four. You told us all about how you're the small man in your family. We've done. Yeah, that. yeah, yeah, yeah. I just you, six four, huh? Yeah. And meanwhile, I'm over here at five ten, and four is my very beloved small man. Dude, five ten. The thing is, five ten is not small. It's not big. No, no, but I'm not. Like, no, but I said that's why I put us in the sub six category. Right, you're right, the only. Right. You're the only one I can relate to. Yeah, but I feel like the Overton window has shifted significantly during this conversation. <laughs> I know. I'm over here being like, I'm very intimidated by the concept of Matt, my friend, my online friend. He's a gentle, he's a very gentle person. For It's just like, I for, think he could be physically intimidating. If you wanted to be, he's just so gentle. He's such a kind spirit. Uh, Forrest, how tall are you? I'm like 5'10", 5'9", depending on... Whether you look at my license or you look at my actual person. Yeah, my license says six two. My license says six two, but I must have been wearing nice shoes that day or something. Cause I'm <laughs> I'm like six one on a good day. Yeah, five ten on a good day. I'm slightly taller than Forrest. I just look bigger than him because I'm, you know, <sighs> A uh, hundred pounds heavier. I don't think you're a full hundred pounds heavier than. Forrest. I was exaggerating. I was going to say Forrest does only weigh forty five pounds. Yeah. On a good oh, day, I'm one forty five. Forrest trying to make everyone feel better. Forrest is a solid four twelve packs of coke. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Easily. Yep, uh, one for each limb, baby. One of the one of the good one of the best bits they have on uh God we were just talking about it on Taskmaster yeah one of the good bits they have on Taskmaster is whenever they have some kind of task that involves like stacking the most heavy things you can on whatever object blah 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 Alex Horn always reports the weight in in like terms of ducks or in terms of just like (laughs) matches or you know different uh, different types of creatures something to bring it back to the topic. Yeah. The topic oh, is oh, what kind of music? Yeah, yeah, David Griffin, what's the answer? To remind the audience, I said I said emo rap, emo slash rap. Emo rap or emo slash rap? Emo slash rap. Adam says EDM. Steve says I had dropped I had dropped hip hop. Full hip hop. And then full full, and then and then Dane said I'm sorry, what was it? Math what? rock. Dane, Dane said math <laughs> rock. Post rock. Post rock is my is my thing. No, but for Forrest. For Forrest, are you what? D- Dane, are you participating? Sorry, how do you, Dane, not, how do you, did how you do crash you, your yeah. snowboard? No, what how do you I, how do you not perceive us as dunking on you? And I, like you highlight Adam. Just got in a message as you were saying that. You're so, always doing things. You're always, your 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 partner's always coming coming into the room screaming some, at you. A vibrant, diverse life. Why are you so yeah. interesting why, and exciting? Why do so many people I, want I, your I, attention? Why are you on the board of a library learning <laughs> about Alton Brown's fucking Republican past? I can't fucking... stand how much people like you. He's got a fucking <laughs> You fucking home owning piece of shit. I can't take it. <laughs> he's got a fucking he's got a fucking red phone that when it when it when it dings it's it's he has to answer it because it's for the library it's library business. <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyway, so the, what, what 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 music do you think Forrest listens to most? Not exclusively, oh. just most. Okay, what music do I think Forrest listens to the most? I'm getting like some maybe some like Gorillas vibes, maybe. 
That's a good answer. It's not a it's not a genre, but I'll take it. The uh, the Forrest, Windows startup sound on repeat. Yeah. Um, oh so God. according to my recently played, it looks like honestly, if I'm like being completely honest, it's a lot of Radiohead because it's still the oh, '90s, and it's a lot of Neil Young. <laughs> Neil Young. Neil Young. Oh, wild. Number Neil one, Neil Young. Everybody knows this is nowhere. All right, hold on, hold on, hold on. Do we want to do this real quick? If Spotify has this data at its fingertips. Oh, yeah, let's totally do it. How, do, yeah. Yeah, how did you get to that let's data? Analyze. I'm looking at recently played. So I'm looking at like the top recently played. So that's not that's not the most, no, to be fair. Played most recently. Yeah, how do you actually get like... Did you not save your year in Wrapped? No, I never I saved that shit. What? Saves the metrics of... Okay, actually, no, my top songs... Oh, okay. Bonnie Vare, Foxygen, Gorilla Toss. Hey! Volta, Kendrick Lamar. My Volta is so good. Where were you looking for that? It's called Your Top Songs 2020, created by Spotify. Can I share this with people? Oh okay, yeah. No, okay, save. Yeah. Mars Volta is a great one. I think Steve and I both like Mars Volta. Mm-hmm. I, I'm still trying to find your top. <laughs> Ooh, 2020 <laughs> wrapped. Oh. That's what it is. Your top song, so go to 2020 wrapped. Or go to top song for you. you. Made for you might have it. Wait, mm-hmm. your top you songs 2016? That's useless yeah. to me. No, that'll work. Use that. Yeah, fine. that might be more have fun. You not, you, what, have you not been listening to the podcast? I'll come at you. What did 20, wow, 2016, Steve had similar tastes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, we're all at the point in our age, in our lives. Uh-huh. I don't think those, those, those two different, they're not going to be that different. They're not going to be that different. Like, I mean, four years is a significant period of time. I wouldn't underestimate we're all, it. We're all beyond growth is what I'm saying based on yeah, that. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, we're starting to get to right. the stuck in our ways category. Mm-hmm. So anyway, so we found out forests. Do we want to speculate or do we just want to reveal? No, I think we're done. I think we just speculate on forests and, and then we he yeah. answered and, and then we, we shut the podcast off. Oh, okay. Yeah, like a tap. Okay, if we see you again next week... <laughs> you know, there's going to be some fucking hell to pay. We might have to evict you. Brent, you need to go. Oh, you mean, oh do you mean yeah. in the studio? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Like if we see you again at the next recording, you son of a bitch. <laughs> yeah. You're not, you're not allowed in. Three <laughs> times like, no, out. Camera no, if we see the refuse in the corner one more time, that's too <laughs> the, many times. The camera, oh. the camera pants in fact, to the... In fact, give me your key. <laughs> oh, shit. The joke's on you. I don't have a key. I have a, I have this, and I'm holding up a paperclip. No, then it like it like pans to like the next week, and it's recording. And then you look at the glass, and I'm on the other side, hands on the glass, looking in. <laughs> it's like, let me in. <laughs> yes, I have so many things to say about Flash's costume. Part, it's held together with literal wire. Anyway, <laughs> this has been an episode about things and what are stuff. We talking about next week, we're just gonna we're just gonna like. You know, we're finally going to do cyberpunk. I've, I'm oh, calling God, it cyberpunk. <laughs> uh, you know, I finished the game. Oh, yeah. I have well, not. I have not come back. So it turns out the cyberpunk was the friends we made along the way. <laughs>